What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday, Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with my pal from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. We're going to preview Chiefs versus Chargers and get into some of the moves the Chiefs made this week. Verderam, what's old is new. The Chiefs are bringing back everybody. They're they're they're, they're calling up Neil Smith, Kimball Anders. Who who's coming back next? Yeah, they uh, they apparently saw that McCall Hardman also was not getting on the field ever with the Jets and said, what the hell? We'll uh, we'll swap uh, sixth and seventh round picks in, in 2025 uh, and make the move. Look, uh, Hardman, if nothing else, he's an upgrade over what has been on the field. I don't think it's a seismic, oh, my goodness, moment, but it's it's better than what Sky Moore and Canarius Tony have been doing. Uh, I mean, Hardman pretty much was guaranteed like 600 yards a year or so when he was in Kansas City. That's a lot better than what we've seen out of a lot of the receivers so far. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to break it all down in just a minute. Before we do, though, I got to let you know that we have got a deal running with DraftKings. DraftKings has got this new promotion. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you need to do is use our code ARROWHEAD. Using our code ARROWHEAD not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. You guys have been great about this. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code ARROWHEAD to maximize your first bets and parlays. There's a game tonight. Get in on it. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for the full terms to see if you qualify. Let's let's break this this down, Verderam. Um, so obviously, uh, McCole Hardman's back. They're bringing Frank Clark back as well. Uh, he was released by the Broncos. But let's start with Hardman. Now, as you already pointed out, He's in the past. He like he's. I saw somebody tweet this, and I can't recall exactly who it was, but he he's outside of Travis Kelsey, instantly the most accomplished receiver on the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much is. Uh, I mean, MVS, you, you could argue, I, I guess would would be there too. But yeah, I mean, like the Chiefs right now, it's a whole bunch of guys at receiver. I mean, they're just trying to figure it out now. Rasheed Rice is. Stepping to the four here, I think. I think it's pretty obvious he's going to be a pretty big piece of this team. I was talking with somebody about a week ago with, with the team. It was like, look, this kid, he's got to go on the field. I mean, it, it it's evident. They know that we need to see a lot more of Rasheed Rice. Everybody else, though, I mean, what is there to say that hasn't been said already? Kadarius Tony's not done anything. Sky Moore's not done anything. 
MVS, I keep thinking, is going to do something. His track record says he will, but his stats say he won't. Uh, Justin Watson's now down for probably what's going to be a couple of weeks. Uh, Richard James is on IR. So, yeah, I mean, look, say whatever you want about McCall Hardman. And over the years, I've probably said plenty and it probably averages out to, eh, he's fine. Well, fine right now is a hell of a lot better than what they've been trotting out on a lot of downs at receivers. So for what they paid, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, and it's what do you say to fans who are frustrated and say, hey, we could have we could have just re-signed him, now we could give up a draft pick for him? I would say that they can move back in the fifth round like five spots next year and recoup the draft pick. I mean, I I wouldn't worry. First of all, they moved back. They didn't even give up a pick. Like they, And I know there's the whole like, well, you know, it's probably a fifth round compensatory pick. Like, look, man, if they want to recoup that, they can move back a handful of spots and do it. Like they don't care. I mean, that I can tell you right now, they view that fifth round pick, even though it's, you know, a compensatory, they view that as a sixth round pick. Right. Because it gets moved back so many times over by all the spots that are filled up by prior compensatory picks. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter because the Chiefs have found some really good players in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is they can recoup it fairly easily. I don't think it's some huge deal. They could, I mean, they could even make a move at the, at the deadline like they did last year where they traded Fenton and, you know, it was like a seventh round pick, right? Like they could do something like that. So I don't, I don't care necessarily. Like, look, they let Hardman go because they felt like they had better options. It turns out they don't. I don't, give the Chiefs any bit of a hard time for being like, all right, look, let's rectify the wrong. Okay, cool. Fine by me. I mean, would you rather they just sat there and did nothing? I mean, looking at the situation, I would tell you that I would not expect them to do much else at this point. Like, I think this is probably where they're at. They don't want to give up more draft picks, I wouldn't think. And you look at their cap sheet, like they're kind of what they are. I mean, I, I, I don't know that they're all of a sudden going to make another big move. I think this might be the move. And if it's not huge, it's at least something. It's, a, it's an improvement. Yeah, it's I, I think a lot of fans were disappointed because I think, you know, people were throwing around names. Hey, we, we need help at receiver. Let's go get Hollywood Brown. You know, you mentioned um, the guy from uh, from Chicago. Uh, Moody. Moody. Yeah. yeah, as as a potential option. And then it's <laughs> it's McCall Hardman, who I think a lot of Chiefs fans, I think they they got frustrated with him last year because he was dealing with the injury. I think some Chiefs fans forget or forgot during that time that like he's quite a weapon with a ball with the ball in his hands, and they would get him the ball and he would make things happen. He was he was he was a, a, a Pro Bowler as a returner and all these things. Like he, if you were going to draft him like next year, even knowing how his NFL career has turned out, he's probably going in like the fourth round. Right, like he's yes. Oh know, yeah, he's yeah, not absolutely. going in this. Yes. What, the, what they gave up for him, you know, um, it makes sense. I just listen again. Like, what did the Chiefs even give up here? I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, sometimes we really just like we dig for stuff that doesn't exist. Like, who cares? In two years, they swap sixth and seventh round picks. I'm mean, not all right. And by the way. The Chiefs' sixth-round pick might be pretty damn close to the Jets' seventh-round pick, depending on what the Jets look like in 2024. Like, I yeah. I don't know. Would you give up 10 to 15 spots in, in pick, you know, 220? I, I don't care. I can't get that worked up about it. Like, it just – I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. And they gave up quite a bit to get Kadarius Toney last year. Now, he was coming off an injury. Yes. He worked his way in and then helped them win the Super Bowl. 
So even just throwing Hardman back there as a as a returner, I kind of liked Washington. I, I thought he was he doing did a nice, nice job. job, you know. But I think probably what the Chiefs know is that McCole Hardman gives them a lot more than just that, and so that's why they made the move that they they did. Hopefully, Washington lands on the practice squad can hang around. But it's it's a move. We'll see how it works out. They need depth, as you mentioned. They got injuries. They got banged up. And, you know, maybe he gets he gets a little something going. But did you hear anything about why it didn't work out for him in New York? Like he couldn't even get on the field? It just it just never came together. I mean, I, I couldn't give you any exact detail, but other than just, listen, they uh, it, it, the Jets had some other guys that they felt more confident confident with. I mean, like, you know, look at Lazard and Cobb and, and, and Garrett Wilson. I mean, two of those three guys are from Green Bay, right? So Rodgers, they were Rodgers' guys. And then – you have Gary Wilson, who's obviously the number one there. I'm surprised Hardman didn't get more run, but you know you take a risk sometimes when you go to a new place and you're fighting for you know fourth billing, you might get lost in the shuffle a little bit. I, I don't think McCall Hardman is a great player, but I think he's a useful player, and for the Chiefs, he's going to be very useful because they need him. Like they need somebody right now whom Holmes trusts and can get the ball to and. Look, there were times when Hardman was on the Chiefs where his route running, you'd look at him and go, come on, you know, you got to sharpen that route here or there a little bit more. And and all that, I think, is still true. At the same point, if you are Kansas City, let's just be clear. Let's be honest about this. He's right now, he's an upgrade. I mean, there's he's he's not great, but he's an upgrade over over some of these other guys that you're trotting out there down in and down out. So you got better, and that's really what you need right now. Yeah, they want depth. They want options. And I, look, I'm glad McCole Hardman's come is back because I have I have an axe to grind with McCole Hardman. So I'm speaking directly to him, McCole Hardman. And when we were at the Super Bowl last year, you know what it's like there on on media night and opening night, and everyone's at their podiums. And of course, you know you you, it's, you can't get anywhere near Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid. There's a million media members there. Sometimes, you know, when we're there, we're doing those things. You go and you get you get some of the other guys that maybe there's a go, – go talk to Creed Humphrey. You know, you don't get as much competition. Well, I decided, all right, I'm going to pick one of the big three for the Chiefs. I'm going to try to get a question to Big Red, Andy Reid. I'm waiting there forever at the end of the night. Media members getting their questions in, moving out of the way. I'm, I'm moving up, I'm moving up. I get all the way up there. It's his last question. And I'm about to I'm about to ask my question, and, and somebody puts their hands on my shoulders from behind me. It's McCole Hardman. And he and he yells out, Hey, Coach Reed, I have a question for you. And so I moved out of the way and I let McCole go up. He asked Andy his question. Great question. But then that was it. So that was my chance and McCole Hardman robbed it of me. It's the way it goes. And now now, you know, there's time for retribution. You yeah. uh you have to you have to find them and have that conversation. Yeah. I hope we're we're I hope we're both back at the Super Bowl this year and uh I'll I'll let him know that uh he needs to sit this one out and let me get my question in. Um, all right, let's talk about the Frank Clark stuff. Now, this, as far as I know, has not been confirmed yet. Um, Carrington Harrison, he he reported that Frank Clark was coming today, I think, to take a physical for the Chiefs. Frank tweeted about it, said, I land tomorrow, I think he said yesterday. What are you hearing? Is this is this happening? Is this for real? I did my due diligence on it yesterday. My understanding of it was that there wasn't anything imminent. That Essentially, look, I don't think there's any secret here. Frank Clark wants to be on the Chiefs. And I don't think the Chiefs are against that necessarily. I think the Chiefs are very open to the idea of Frank Clark being on the team. But my understanding was 
that it was not something that was just guaranteed to happen this week. Doesn't mean it couldn't, um, but was not just a formality. So Frank Clark very well, I'm sure, is in Kansas City, might even be at the facility. I don't know that that means all of a sudden he's just going to be on the team and, and wearing a red 55 jersey tomorrow. I will say that if the Chiefs want Frank Clark back, I think it's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion he's going to be back. I, I think that's safe. But they just added a Menahu back on the active roster. They want to get more snaps for FAU. They have Carl Loftus. They have Dan. They have a lot of guys to, to roll in here. So I, I don't think that there's necessarily a rush with Frank Clark uh, as there was with Hardman where they need to help desperately at receiver. And it's, you know, look, I like the move if they can bring him in. But I think to your point, they don't have to do that right now necessarily. And I think he was dealing with a little bit of an injury there in Denver. So maybe they want to get him in, take a look at him, see where he's at. And maybe maybe they say to him, hey, Frank, if you're willing, like, hang tight. We got a couple other things to figure out. Because as you just mentioned, with Omenicu coming back yep. and now the McCole Hartman trade, they just had to cut two guys. So there's right. a, a lot of right. roster gymnastics going on here. I think, you know, you have to factor all of it in that they have a lot of guys in this defense that can play ball. And that includes DNs. Like, they really like FAU. Like, I know he has half a sack. Carl Loftus last year had half a sack through like 10 games. And then all of a sudden, it was just bang. He was sacking guys left and right. Carl Loftus also was in a spot where he was going to play a lot more snaps in FAU. Okay. At this point, out of DK Uzama is going to be a backup on this team. He just is. A man who will play outside and also reduce down inside. Um, Dana can do the same thing. They have Carl Loftus, who's playing pretty much every down. They got a lot of guys. You know, Jones runs uh, as a D end on third down. Like they have a lot of guys. The Chiefs are just so flush at that position. I mean, I almost think if they bring in Clark, frankly, it's more of a, hey, great to have you. Team loves you, and the team does love him. Make no mistake. Like, I think it'd almost be more of like a glue guy, a character guy, and a guy who like, hey, Frank, in January, remember how you turned into Lawrence Taylor this time of year? Go nuts. I mean, I think it'd be more that than it would be like, hey, he's going to get 40% of the snaps now. I don't think that's going to happen just based on how the rest of the team's playing. I agree with you on that. I think you want to continue to develop your young pass rushers. And one and that yes. and alone, he can help with that. Right. Yeah. But and, but I think that would be more the reason. Like it makes Chris Jones happy. You could develop FAU. Like you have him in the playoffs. You have depth. I, I think he'd almost be remember how when the Chiefs won the first Super Bowl of this era, they brought in Terrell Suggs. I almost think it'd be more like that, where it's like, hey man, you're gonna play. Like you're not gonna just be sitting there watching, but you're more of like, we, you know, bring you in when we need you. And you're going to make a big play here and there. But, like, we need you to be in the room and, like, help these young guys along. And, you know, people forget now because they've won so much. Like, at the time, part of the reason they brought Suggs in was because you knew how to win a Super Bowl. Like, part of the reason was that experience. So, I think it's more about that than anything else right now. Yeah, and look, Frank Clark, just about 10 months ago, was all up in Joe Burrow's face in the AFC Championship game. So yes, having right. that guy to to call off the bench and and he, now he's a guy that you don't you can you can keep him on the shelf, have him play a handful of snaps during the season, have him work with FAU. He helped Carl Loftus last year in training camp. Stayed after was was a mentor to him. I think those are your benefits. You're getting a coach on the field, a locker room guy, another another vocal leader in the defense. He doesn't need to be taking a bunch of snaps away from young guys. But when when somebody has a long drive and guys get winded. You can tag him in, and he's got the moves to play a couple yeah. snaps a game. Yeah, 
I mean, look, I think he could be very valuable in that regard. I don't think all of a sudden, oh, they just need Frank Clark. They, they have to have Frank Clark. This defense has been unbelievable. But it, it doesn't hurt to have a guy like that in the room. There's no yeah, question. Absolutely. We got a great super chat uh, from our guy, D. Callie. People hating on Hardman because he's the face of the risky situ- risky situation Chiefs wide receivers is in. Not fair, but he's going to be to face some of negativity. Yeah, look, like if he <laughs> – I feel bad for him because if he if he if he comes in and he like drops the first pass Mahomes throws to him, I don't even. I'm just going to oh, turn fit it right in. Yeah, right? <laughs> he I mean, maybe, maybe he's um, just trying to fit in with the rest of the group. They'll uh, they'll lose their minds. So hey, look, um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Brett Veach likes to make some moves at the trade deadline. This team's pretty good. He's made some slashy moves before, but it it doesn't necessarily mean he will this year. Um, I think it's more for this team about just developing what they have, both on offense and defense, than making some sort of big, risky move. I don't think they can make a big risk. First of all, I don't think the guy's out there. Who are they going to get in that's like a big name? I mean, again, we've talked about Hollywood Brown and Darnell Mooney, and that's all fine. What, like, who's the big name? Who's the guy who's like, that guy's going to change the offense? I, the guy doesn't exist. The only guy that I, I would be interested in, I think, is Adam Thielen. And I, I don't know that Carolina is going to want to want to trade him because they got a young quarterback back there yeah, and he's right. throwing him the ball like crazy and they're looking for wide receiver help. But, you know, somebody somebody hit me up with kind of a crackpot idea that I don't think would happen. But they were like, well, what if what if the Chiefs are just done with Sky Moore and they want to go in on Rasheed Rice and they want to get him out there? Would they trade Sky Moore? You know, would you I only ask you this, though. Would you trade Sky Moore to the Panthers for like a fifth round pick or fourth round pick on Adam Thielen. I'd have to look at the numbers mathematically like in terms of the cap. I do it in a heartbeat. I mean yeah. I, if the Panthers would do that, I'd be screaming deal into the phone before I they they could even I, I'd call into the league office simultaneously. That's something on the next line over. Like I if the Chiefs could get any value for Sky Moore, I would personally trade him. I, I just don't see anything that tells me that he's just going to all of a sudden start playing good football. I I don't. And, I, and I'm sorry. I, I know there are Chiefs fans who are like, well, you got to give him more time. Look, fine. You want to take that route? That's fine. I'm not saying you can't take that route. My route is I've seen enough Sky Moore to just feel like I just, he's not good. I mean, I like Rasheed Rice has been in the NFL for like a half an hour, and you can just tell that kid is good. I don't need to see. Like, that kid can play ball. And the more he gets used to like learning how to sit down in certain zones and then learning how to use leverage and getting in on the same page as Mahomes, I can see Rasheed Rice being a guy who has 1,000 yards many times over in his career. He is a really, really good player. Sky Moore has been in the league a year and a half, and I, I get to go one game, that Chargers game, ironically, in L.A., when they were down a bunch of guys where like, he, he stepped up. Otherwise, you don't even see Sky Moore. Like, and, and, and by the way, I'm not just going to pick on him. Kadarius Tony's been every bit as bad. What has Kadarius Tony done all year long? Right. You know? I mean – my old man has a saying, potential is a fancy word for saying you've never done anything. <laughs> I mean, at some point, like Sky Moore and Canarius Tony and all these guys got all the potential in the world. Who cares? You know, if you're good, you don't have potential. You're just good. Like I, at some point, it's got to turn into something. But yeah, I think, look, if you look at the Chiefs cap situation, too, they're just not in a position to go out and go get somebody. They're not. Like they're carrying a lot of big numbers. I think they're probably at where they're at. And that, that, look, that doesn't mean if something falls into their lap that makes sense, they would turn their nose up at it. But I think it would take that. I don't think they're going to go out and make a whole bunch of moves. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. we got a few weeks to go here, uh, or a couple weeks. All right. Let's get to this game that we got coming up. 
Chiefs and the Chargers. This is a big game. Um, it's it it shouldn't be that big of a game right now at this point in the season. It's not even Halloween yet, but for the Chargers, it kind of feels like do or die. Some quick notes for you. Chiefs are at home in this one. They're five and a half point favorites. The over-under is 48. Um, Chargers are two and three. They beat the Vikings and the Raiders, and they lost to the Dolphins, the Titans, and the Cowboys. Had a lot of close losses, three points, I think two points. Going into this game, Chiefs are giving up 15 points. That's rounding up a game on defense. The Chargers are giving up 25. Does a win in this game where the, the Chargers are coming in two and three after losing to the Cowboys, the Chiefs are five and one. If the Chiefs win, is is that pretty much a wrap for the AFC West? Yes. I'll go out on a limb. It's already a wrap. Uh, if, if if Mahomes is upright for the rest of the season, it's, it's already gone. It's fine. I, I mean, the Chargers aren't catching them. And it, if, the, if the Chiefs will win this game, yeah, the Chiefs should just right after the fourth quarter end, should just hold the ceremony at the 50 yard line and just start raising up another banner because nobody's catching them. I know the Raiders, technically, they're two back. No chance. So, yeah. I mean, look, this is a game for the Chargers. Not only are you trying to keep yourself alive theoretically in the division, like you lose this game, you're two and four. I'm not saying you can't make the playoffs, but like, as Yogi Berra would say, it's getting late early. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, because look, the Chargers still have to play Chiefs again. Still have to play Buffalo. Um, they they still have uh, another they have Baltimore. But I knew it was another. It was another like Baltimore is a game that's not going to be easy for them. The Jets, like they, they should win that game, but they're at the Jets. Who knows? Like I can see them losing to the Jets the way they're playing. So like, the Chargers' <clears throat> schedule is not exactly easy. It's not overly difficult, but it's not easy. Like, I. I definitely could make a case here where the Chargers, you go, yeah, man, you lose this game. It's it's bad news. It's bad news. They also got to play Detroit. I didn't mention them. You got to play the Lions. Like, I I just look at the Chargers, and for years it's always been, well, they're really talented, and, but but X, Y, and Z, right? Like something always got injuries, coaching, whatever. <clears throat> I got to tell you, man, I don't think they're that talented. Like, Mike Williams is out for the year. Corey Lindsley, they're all pro centers out right now than I on IR. Okay. Um, they trade away JC Jackson. They're not that talented. They have good edge rushers. They have Derwin James. So I got to take Derwin James on tape this year. It's not been the same Derwin James has been in past years. And offensively, it is essentially Keenan Allen. And if you stop Keenan Allen, good night. Like I they're not. When I've watched every snap of the Chargers this year, and I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not the team they were. Where like when things are good, they're really clicking. I just don't see it, man. They're just not that talented. This so year. the Sky Moore of the AFC West. I've heard worse comparisons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, somebody in the chat said Char- Allen said Chargers equal potential. Um, still haven't done anything. Same thing can be said for for Justin Herbert. And I saw you having this discussion on Twitter, and I thought it was really always interesting. a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I thought you made a really good point. You you said you asked when, like, and you and I have been going back on this podcast. We've been fans of Justin Herbert, yeah, um, since right when he first started. Um, you you pointed out like when is when was Justin Herbert's signature moment? And I I started thinking about it, and I the only thing I can think of watching him is that game against the Raiders that they ended up losing. The um, well, yeah. Where, but he was just—he was incredible, and they were—they were—they were—he was getting hit, and he kept getting up, the fourth down, and converting, and they lost the game, and that's really it for the Chargers and and Herbert. Yeah. Their best—I went back and looked after I tweeted that out. Their best 
win with Herbert was against the Chiefs in Arrowhead in week three in 2021 when the Chiefs got off that three and four start. And in that game, the Chiefs had four turnovers and lost by one score. And some Chiefs fans might remember that game, although I don't subscribe to this, but some Chiefs fans might remember that game was that play with a Hail Mary. Like there was massive interference in the end zone, didn't get called. Um, you go back and look. Okay, that is, to me, undeniably the best one he's ever had. The Chargers won 30-24. to 24. Herbert threw for 281 and four touchdowns. He had a very nice day. The Chiefs in that game, I'll never forget this game because I remember being like, how could they have lost? The Chiefs had 33 first downs in that game, well over 400 yards, 437. The Chiefs had four turnovers to zero in the game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushed for 100 yards, and they lost because they had the four turnovers. That might You might remember that as that game where um, the, Marcus Kemp, the ball like hit him in like the side of the helmet, and it popped up in the air. I mean, that's the best win he's ever had. The be- they lost the division by three games that year, and that's the best win. So, like, yeah, man, I look at the Chargers, and it's like – uh, yeah, look, you have some talent. I don't think you have as much as you used to. And by the way, also, that's the last time the uh, Chargers have beaten the Chiefs. Like, I, I just, it's the only time Herbert's ever beaten them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get it. They have some guys on that team. There's certainly guys you respect. I just don't feel like this is the same team it once was, where you looked at them and went, wow, they got a lot of guys. Some of it because of injury like Williams and, and, and Lindsley. But some of it's just, James hasn't played as well as he normally has. Bosa hasn't played as well as he normally has this year. Drew Tranquil, he's on the Chiefs now. Like, all those things, it adds up over the years. And, you know, I think that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah, our guy Jason Reed uh, here here at Fanside covers the the Chargers. Uh, was on the podcast last night with with Adam and Sterling. And 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 they talked, they were talking to him about the defense, and they said, you know, hey, what why is this defense, this Chargers defense so bad? And Jason, I thought, made an interesting point. He said, you know, because they were like, they, you got some guys on this defense. And he's like, yeah, we've got some guys, but it's really top-heavy. And after some of those bigger names, they don't have a lot of depth. And right. if you look at the Chiefs, that's the complete, the complete opposite of that. On defense. Correct. They got, they got depth. They got guys. I mean, they're, they're a really, truly good team. So when you look at this 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 matchup for the Chiefs against this Chargers defense that's dead last in the league and offensive yards allowed, even worse than Denver, uh, yeah. not offensive yards, passing yards. Um, yes, yes, yeah, they they cannot stop the pass. Is this a game? I, we thought this was going to be the case last week with Denver and the Chiefs struggled in the red zone. They didn't move the ball. Is this a yeah. game where where the Chiefs offense really gets going against this this? This Chargers defense. It could. It could. I will tell you one thing in this game is going to be very interesting. If the Chargers like, – to me, this game comes down to one thing, other than the obvious, the turnovers and stuff like that. If the Chargers don't get home, this game's over. Because they're secondary. They have to play zone because outside of Asante Samuel Jr., the corners just can't cover anybody. And if they have to play zone, the Chiefs will if, – if Mahomes has time, that that's that's a death match. Like even even with the current issues the Chiefs have, they will light that up. The other side of it is when they go into man coverage, as I just, like the corner, they cannot hold up. Now, the Chiefs receivers got to prove they can beat somebody in man coverage, but Kelsey has 
killed them in recent years. Killed them. So I, I would think that there's another big game to be had there. Look, I went back and I pulled up the box score of the last game that they played against them, which was in L.A. last year. She said that comeback went late. And I pulled it up because I thought it was interesting. That was a day they had no Juju Smith-Schuster, no McCall Hardman, and no Kadarius Tony. They were down their top three receivers. So it's kind of a similar thing where you look at it and go, okay, maybe it's a little bit instructive. Kelsey had six catches for 115 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Watson had three and 67. Sky Moore, the best game of his career, five and 63. MVS had one and 18 on four targets, no grade, two and 15. They threw for 329 yards. Okay, now, what was more interesting to me, they ran for 163 yards on six yards per carry, and Pacheco in particular went nuts. He had 15 carries for a buck seven. So, I wonder in this game if this is one of the games where you remember, I just said in that Herbert game that they won, Alaire ran for 100 yards. Pacheco ran for over 100 yards last year. I wonder if the Chiefs are going to run the ball to Chargers in this game again. And so you can't stop it. Because the one thing with the Chargers, not only their secondary is struggling right now, their linebackers are not good. Like Eric Kendricks and Kenneth Murray are not good. And if I'm the Chiefs, I am just relentlessly going after the second level of that defense in, in both phases, run and pass. To your point about them giving up the most passing yards, which is true, uh, I always look at yards per play. I think it's a really instructive stat. The Chargers are tied for 29th in yards per play against. They're tied with the Bears, 5.8. Okay, in case you're wondering, the Chiefs are tied for fifth in the league. Um, net yards per pass attempt against. The Chargers are 29th. Kansas City is fourth. Um, if the Chiefs want to run the ball, the Chargers are better. They're literally middle of the road, 16th in the league. Chiefs are actually 20, uh, tied for 23rd. But the point of all this is, look, if you're the Chiefs, there's a lot of ways to go after them. And this is a defense that, look, they, they do blitz a decent amount. They're right in the middle of the league, a little above average, you know, 26.8%. Um, they're not... However, though, while they do blitz, they don't get a ton of pressure. They're in like the mid-20s in pressure rate. So they don't do a whole lot well here defensively. The Chiefs should have avenues to attack them. What's really interesting to me about this game for the on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, this is an explosive offense. They like to push the ball downfield. They've been they've put up a lot of points. They've been without Austin Eckler. He came back last week and he made kind of one nice catch out of the backfield for them and, and then was pretty much neutralized, but he's working his way back and he's a great player. Keenan Allen's been having one of his best years ever. He's just been a target machine. But as you mentioned, they, they lost Mike Williams. And in, in the past, Spagnuolo has done a good, he's always gone after Keenan Allen, take Keenan Allen away. And the, 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 the flip side of that has been Mike Williams has just eaten the chiefs alive in these he games. He killed them. He's killed just them. killed them. So frustrating. Well, he's gone. So if you're the Chiefs, how are you feeling about this game as you go into it on defense? How, how worried are you about Eckler coming out of the backfield and Keenan Allen? I got to be honest with you. If I'm the Chiefs, man, I feel great about this game defensively. Like, great about it. So Austin Eckler, terrific player. He's only played in two games this year. He got hurt in week one. Okay. Last year against Kansas City, he rushed 14 times for 39 yards, and he had nine catches, but for only 55 yards. And then in the second game, he ran 19 times for 83 yards and a touchdown. Better game, although they did a better job in coverage, only two catches, 17 yards. All right. 
Like, they actually did a pretty good job. Like, I think you take either one of those lines and be pretty happy with it. Um, the year prior to that, again, he didn't do much, man. He had 59 yards rushing, 23 yards receiving, 55 yards rushing, and 52 yards receiving. So, like, he usually has, like, one touchdown, decent game. If you're the Chiefs and you hold him to that, you're, you're thrilled to death. Like, honest to God, you're thrilled to death over it. I, I, if, if, if all told, he has 100 yards, unless Allen goes completely out of his mind, the Chiefs should win the game. Because, quite honestly, this is the best, I think, that the Chiefs match up against the Chargers in a long time. It's always been that the Chiefs have been better than the Chargers, but the Chiefs have these weird matchup issues with them. McDuffie and Snead, either one of them could guard Allen. Allen is unique in the sense he can play outside, he can play in the slot. Well, guess what? So can both those corners. Like, the Chiefs can match up with them, and Gay and Tranquil can match up with Eckler. I just don't – like, if you're the Chiefs – now, you're not just going to sit in man every play. They, they mix in a lot of zone. And, you know, look, when you have zone, you can kind of make some stuff happen. I, I just don't see any reason to think – like, I here, let, me, let me put it this way. I know that the Chargers are obviously better than Denver. Like, they're clearly better than Denver. Are the Chargers, offensively speaking, at the skill positions more talented than Denver? Oh, I'd say it's even right now. Right. Like, it's not – I agree. Like, it's not – now, uh, Herbert is much better than Russell Wilson, of course. So, they are a better offensive team. I'm not trying to make the argument they're not a better offensive team. But my point is, this is not the Chargers of years past. You're like, all right, it's Williams, and it's Allen, and it's Eckler, and it's, you know, whoever else, you know, Hunter Henry at times, and – you know, maybe there's nobody. I mean, everybody thought Quentin Johnston was going to be a really big piece of the offense. I mean, he was a first round pick out of TCU. And I'm not, you know, I'm not kicking dirt on the kid or anything like that. But to this point, he has done nothing. He has been an absolute nothing burger for them on the offensive side of the ball. In in the entire season to this point, he has six catches for 44 yards. Yeah. So, yeah, listen, I mean, the Chiefs to me, this whole game plan has to be about. You take Allen away, specifically on third down, and with Eckler, you just limit him, especially in the passing game. Like I don't even think they care that much how much he runs for. It's just limiting him in the passing game, not letting him go off for you know, 12 receptions and 100 yards. And the, and the Chargers have not been good running the football this year outside of Eckler. When he was out, Joshua Kelly stepped in for him. He had 58 carries for 209 yards, 3.6-yard average. Not good. So they've got nothing behind Eckler. In, in the running game. And so they're just going to keep throwing. And you're right. After Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, he's he's been out the last two games. He's still their second leading receiver. Yeah, they have, they have nobody else. Josh Joshua Palmer. Palmer's not putting the fear of God in anybody. So, right. yeah, it's yeah, rough. This is, this is a game where you can you can double Keenan Allen and, you yes. know, you, you, you can you can follow Eckler around and keep an eye on him and, and play man with other guys if you want to. If the Chiefs don't double Keenan Allen on every big down, it's malpractice. It is malpractice. I mean, there is just absolutely no reason to have any fear of anybody else in this team uh, catching the ball. Nobody. I mean, Joshua Palmer has 220 yards receiving. Gerald Everett has 123 yards. And after that, nobody else has more than 85. Like, it's look, you have no fear of anybody. Else. I mean, and I'll tell you the truth, man. Eckler has one 55-yard run this year. Now, Grant, it's two games. It's a really small sample size. I understand that. He has one 55-yard run. If you remove that 55-yard run, he has 89 yards on 29 carries. That is three yards in attempt. 
Like, they're not good. They're not good on offense. They're, they're really not. Like, Allen is the main guy. And after that, it's eh. And as far as like even Herbert, the show, like Herbert's been excellent in completing passes and everything else. He's got a good TD to INT ratio and doesn't take a ton of sacks. That's all fine. But like, they're not a team you're looking at and you're like, oh my goodness, what do you do with this team? I mean, it's just not, it's stop Keenan Allen. And if you do that on most big downs, like he's going to throw the ball to Allen. We didn't even talk about the targets. Allen has 55 targets. If you take Mike Williams out of the equation, you're at 26 before you got hurt. The next three guys, the highest totals on the team, have 58 combined. Like he's going to Keenan Allen. Any big down, he's going to Keenan Allen. You have to be aware of that and you've got to find a way to, to shut it down. Yeah, and you want to double him because he he's their explosion. He's got 10 uh, receptions of 20 yards or more yep. on the season. So you just can't let that happen. If you can take that away, I like your chances if you're the Chiefs, especially the way that this defense has been playing. Okay, wh- which players on – like who are the guys on offense and defense that you think need to step up for the Chiefs to win this game? On offense, it's the tackles. If they block, I honestly, I think they're going to win. I said at the beginning, listen, if they block on the edges, I, I think Mahomes will be able to slice him and dice him pretty good. It's quite honestly, like he did against Denver. The problem was he got in the red zone. They just fell apart. But, I mean, Mahomes was 30 of 40 for over 300 yards in that game. I think Mahomes could have another big day. Now, defensively, I think it's McDuffie and Sneed, you know, whoever's on Allen. I mean, I think that's the game. If you stop Allen to any extent, they can't score them. They can't score. They have no offense. Keenan Allen's the entire offense right now for them. Like, I respect Eckler, but even if Eckler goes for 80 rushing yards and 40 receiving yards, I mean, who cares? They're not going to win the game if he's got 120 yards and Keenan Allen has 70. They're done. They're not going to win that football game unless the Chiefs just gift wrap it to him. I mean, so I think for me, it's got to be two tackles on offense and then defensively, listen, you've got to be able to say, all right, he is not going to torch us. Might have some catches. Fine. Can't torch you. The Chiefs have shut down Justin Jefferson this year. There's no reason they can't do the same thing now. I'm with you. Uh, For me, I think it's – I'm going to say the linebackers. I'm going to say Willie Gay Jr., Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, who will get some run in this game. Because I'm with you on Keenan Allen, and I think the only way the Chargers can can make hay in this game is if they can really get Eckler going and they can extend some drives with him because Keenan Allen might get a, a shot here or there, but I think the Chiefs will do a good job of taking him away. And so the only other hope they have is Eckler just keeps helping them get first downs, moving the chains, making plays. And if those linebackers are instinctual, like they have been all year, and take him away, you know, this could be a game where the Chargers struggle to score, to be perfectly honest with you. I do not think the Chargers are cracking 20 points in this game. I don't. I I really don't see it happening. I the Chiefs have played far better offenses this year and shut them down. Jacksonville is a far more dynamic offense than the Chargers. It's not even close. The, the Lions are a top five offensive team. They get 14 points. They didn't have Chris Jones in that game. Like Minnesota has far more weapons than the Chargers. They had 13 points before they scored to make it a one score game with like four minutes left. I yeah. I think the Chiefs are very well positioned to not just win the game. Quite honestly, really put it to him in this game. Like I, 
I just don't look like I have always, always, always the last couple of years looked at the Chiefs and the Chargers and they've played each other. And I've always said the Chargers just match up well with the Chiefs. They're giving problems. It's always been that way. I don't feel that's true anymore. I, I always felt like the Chiefs would beat them, but I always thought it would be a dog fight. And it has been. They've always been close games. Um, I forget who put this out on Twitter. Somebody doing something about betting, but the, the Chargers have never been down at halftime to the Chiefs since Herbert's been the quarterback. Like, it's always been tight. But I really just – I look at this game. I don't see it. I don't unless, – unless it's just one of these deals with the jailbreak and Mahomes is running for his life. I don't even really worry about the Chiefs defensively. Like defensively, this team, I think they've shown you more than enough. Like they can, they can play. Yeah, it's all about handling the edges with Bosa and and Mac. And by the way, Morgan Fox should be mentioned. He has five sacks for Chargers this year. But if you handle them up front, you even play into a draw up front. I, I think this game could be won rather handily. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible on offense. I look. I think for me, the the player that needs to step up is Patrick Mahomes, and the reason is. I think they're going to move the football like they did last week. He needs to make sure they score touchdowns in the red zone. It's fair. It's fair. You know, he's just, he's, it's, he struggled a little bit this year. It's been fine. They're still a top 10 offense, but that's how you let a team like this hang around is by kicking field goals. So he needs to get down. Kelsey always eats the chargers alive. Uh, I he expect that to be, be, the, be the case this week, um, but we will see. All right. We're going to give you our final score predictions in just a minute before that. Really quickly, we're going to do AFC uh, AFC contenders or pretenders. This week got an interesting one for you, Verderam. The Cincinnati Bengals contenders or pretenders? That's a hard. That's a really hard one because it depends on how healthy is Joe Burrow. I broke this out on the MMQB podcast, which after you watch this, you should go check out Gilberto Manzano and I on that. I looked it up that Burrow ranks thirty third of thirty three. 33 qualifying quarterbacks in the stat of intended air yards per attempt, which I know sounds convoluted. When you really think about it, it's just like how far is he throwing the ball on a down-to-down basis in the air. Ranks 33rd of 33. By the way, shockingly, Mahomes ranks 31st. Okay, now, but here's here's what's interesting. In on-target percentage, just, hey, man, I'm going to hit you in the chest with the ball. Mahomes is second in the NFL. Only Dak is like two-tenths of a percent better. Burrow is 26th. So Burrow's not only throwing the ball really short, he's inaccurate as hell right now. I watch, I have watched every down of the Bengals this year, every single play. That offense is brutal to watch. It is brutal. Like, think about the year the Chiefs didn't have a receiver score a touchdown. It's like that, except without Jamal Charles. I mean, it is just gain of four, gain of six, gain of nine, gain of three, gain of two, gain of one, punt, gain of five, gain of five. I mean, it's it is just so limited. If they if he's limited to what he's been, oh, they, they have no chance. They don't even sniff the playoffs because they're coming out of the bye. They have bye this week. Then they play the Niners and the Bills. Yeah. No shot in hell. Like if, if Burrow's playing like this, they have absolutely no chance. If Burrow gets right, I think they make the playoffs and then they're dangerous as hell because they're a very good football team. And and Adam Romo's an excellent defensive coordinator, and offensively they'll they'll figure it out. So I guess I'd say contender from the standpoint, I can't rule them out. But if Burrow's going to play anywhere like this, forget it. They, they won't even make the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that they're hovering around 500 towards the end of the season, which could be really interesting. Um, because if they, you're right, if they lose to San Francisco and they lose to Buffalo, and then they play the Texans. Texans are plucky, man. Like, yeah, they're not a pushover. They can know, win. They can win. They yep. got to play, play Baltimore. 
at, on the road. Yep. Game they could lose. I play um, Jacksonville. And they go to yeah, they got Jacksonville. Um yeah, so I mean, it's not and then that you know, right there at the end of the season, like the final boss, they have the Chiefs and then they play the Browns who own them. Who beat them every time they play them? They they over the years, even when the Browns weren't good, these last few years they've beaten them and they wiped the fl- that Browns defense. No, they're no joke. No joke. I mean, uh, it's it's incredible. Uh, they've, they've actually given up a few more points than the Chiefs, but they're holding up against like they don't, they haven't had a quarterback for two weeks. They can't no. move the ball, and they they're giving up like something crazy, like under 200 yards a game or something. It's, it's They've wild. given up the fewest yards. I think ESPN had this, I think. They've given up the fewest yards through five games because they've had a bye. They've through five games since 1971. I mean, it's it's nuts. Um, look, I, I will say this for the Bengals, though. Like, it's it's time. Like, you're coming out of the bye week. Like, you got to get rolled. Now, the good news is for them is the division, you know, the drawing game back, but they also lost at home to Baltimore. They got to get cracking. I'll paint a scenario. It'd be really interesting. Let's say Chiefs keep rolling. And come week 17, they are already to a point where they've like wrapped up the one seed. And the Bengals come into Arrowhead. And let's say they're, well, they have two games left. Let's say they're eight and seven. And they're fighting for a playoff berth. You will never in your life see a more motivated team that has nothing to play for than the Chiefs on that Sunday. I mean, that game is going to. And the crazy thing, if, if that scenario plays out, is like the Bengals. Obviously, they have everything to play for. Kansas City would have both have the intensity of a playoff game and the freedom of, like, who the hell cares? Let's do everything. That would be a fascinating game to watch. Like, if you're the Chiefs, you just flea flicker on the first play. What the hell? Whale it. Right? Like, doesn't hurt. I would be very curious to see if the Chiefs have everything wrapped up and the Bengals are playing for their lives, what, what that game looks like on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how that, I mean, we were sitting here talking in preseason that, Hey, that game's probably for the number one seed. Good, good, you know, good chance. It's for the number one seed. It's really important football game. And and that's probably not going to be the case now um, for the Bengals anyway. Uh, But it might be for the chiefs if they can keep winning. Um, So it's going to be fascinating. All right. So time to put up or shut up. Let's get our final score predictions in. For uh, Chiefs, Bengals, you are the guest for Ram, so you get to go first. I mean, I think we should probably do Chiefs Chargers, not Chiefs. Oh, I said Bengals. I'm I mean, we we could. It's way yeah. out there, but it's uh, a, a a big forecast. Um, yeah, they're playing the Chargers this week. Who you got? I'm taking Kansas. I think Kansas is going to handle them in this game. I really do. Twenty-seven to seventeen, and I don't even think it feels that close. Like I think it's one of those games where the Chiefs kneel down at like the five-yard line and could have easily doubled them up. I I just don't. I don't believe. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, again, 27-17 is my pick. I would not be shocked in this game if the Chiefs absolutely blow them out this thing. I could just, I could see this being like 34-13. to 13. I really could. I wonder if Staley, like if that whole thing is just a powder keg at this point. But because it's a division game, I think it's close for a while, and then the Chiefs kind of just pull away and pull away and pull away. Give me 27-17. to 17. I hope you're right because it'll be a much less stressful afternoon for me um i've got this one as another dog fight uh and i think the reason why one obviously the chargers always play the chiefs tough they just always give them problems and the chiefs haven't quite been right on offense and until i see it i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that you know i thought they'd blow up the i mean denver's defense is so bad and and again we already mentioned it. they are terrible it it was the red zone i mean they could have won that game by three touchdowns if they just scored uh when they were supposed to so maybe that doesn't – hopefully that doesn't happen in this game. Uh, I've got it Chiefs 24, 
Chargers 23 wow. and, and another heart attack game with those guys because that just seems to be how they go. Uh, and the Chiefs don't often get the blowouts that we think they should, even when they're playing inferior teams. Of course, they did against Chicago. Um, but I hope I hope I'm wrong on this one, and I hope you're right, and the you Chiefs know, score 30. It's funny, though. Like, I agree for the most part with you, but then I'm like, they did like they didn't blow Jacksonville out, but they beat them by eight and they were kneeling at the one yard line. Like they handled them. Like the, yeah. the Broncos, it wasn't pretty. They killed the Broncos. I mean, I was at that game. I can't express to you the absolute full level of confidence in the entire section that I was sitting in. Yeah. Not one Chiefs fan was like, oh God, like everybody was like to their credit, there were three guys behind this who were cool as hell. They were Broncos fans. They're actually very like self-deprecating. They're funny. At no point in time was anybody like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Like, the game was just done. Like, the second Butker hit that, like, 60-yard field goal, you're like, yeah, this game's over. So, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs do have this weird thing about, like, well, they don't blow teams out. Like, they, they like I went back and looked last year. They blew, like, seven teams out. Now, granted, not you like, the Chargers, they don't blow them out. They, those games are always tight. I just really feel like, I don't know, man, like, unless Keenan Allen goes crazy, who's beating them? Who's doing it? Yeah, and I gotta tell you the way the Chiefs are playing on defense. Good luck, have fun. Like I, I just don't. I don't know. It's I'm my confidence is born out of the defense more than there's anything else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, somebody pointed out in the chat there that the Chiefs are basically coming off a mini buy, yeah. and the Chargers are were on Monday Night Football. So you know they're coming off a short week. Or was it Monday or was it Sunday night? It was Monday, Monday night. night. Yeah. Monday so night. so they're coming off a short week. Uh, one of the reasons I picked it close to was because. I do think this is this is it for them. So like if you're if you're Staley, your job's on the line at this point, your life's flashing before your eyes. So you're you're probably emptying out the playbook, going for broke, going for it on every fourth down. Um, it may not, it may not matter, you know, and uh with the Chiefs rested and Andy extra time to prepare and all that. And let's hope not. Um, but we'll see. It's this is this is probably it for for Staley. I mean, he loses his game, you know. I don't. They. I, you don't think he'd get fired midseason, do you? No, I don't think. I don't think there's any way how the Chargers are paying a couple of guys. So no. Uh, no I think he's going to be there. But I got to tell you, man. Did you watch some of that game? I did. Yeah. Okay. That game was a clinic in like the two coaches just going. You think you're going to screw this game worse than I am? The hell you are. Yeah. I'm going to make a bigger mistake. Yeah. I'll run twelve guys out on the field. Well, I'll, I'll I'll go for it on fourth and inches and run a rollout and throw to Joshua Palmer. Like it was just, it was like, oh my god, those two teams in that game. It was just, how can we screw this up worse than you're screwing this up? It was almost like they met at the fifty before the game said, "Look, you know, it'd be fun. Let's make the worst decisions possible and just see how it plays out." And they just topped each other one after the next. I mean, that game, I don't know, man. That's another thing, like. Everybody was going nuts about Kellen Moore this offseason. How's that going? Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, they look like the exact same Chargers. Yeah. Like, not a whole lot of difference. Yeah. And the, the Cowboys and Dak almost had Michael Gallup on a couple of, of deep balls. So right through his hands. Yeah. The Chiefs can take advantage of that. All right. Before we get out of here, Patty's power rankings. It's, it's Halloween season, my favorite time of the year. And I thought it would be fun. And let us know in the chat if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, hit that like button. Let us know who you rank. Who are your top three scariest Chiefs? And I don't mean scary like, you know, Derek Thomas scary. 
I mean, scary, like, oh, God, they're putting that guy in the game. Get him off the field. I'm terrified. Who, who are the top three boogeymen for you in Chiefs history? It's a place I don't like to go to. <laughs> it's a dark place. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of people. A lot I was going to say, there's so many people there. I, in the closet. I hate doing this because I feel like he's a nice guy, but it just has to be. Eric Warfield, when I was a kid, just drove me out of my mind. Mm. Just, just. And, and he was kind of like the poster boy for me. I like those awful defenses. So maybe a little unfair to Eric Warfield. Eric Warfield's got to be up there. Savvy Piscatelli, I, I think, earned his spot in, in Chiefs hell in a very short period of time, but he deserves mention. And then I'm going to go third place. I got a tie. And, and I, I knew somebody was going to say Lynn Elliott in the chat. I'm not going to go there because he's a kicker. I, I'm just going to go offense, defense. Third place is a tie for me. The Jordan Black, Damian McIntosh experience to tackle. I mean, <laughs> Jordan Black, there was a game for some fans will remember. They played a playoff game. It had to have like six things go right for them to make the playoffs in 2006. And they got in. They played in Indianapolis. Jordan Black was chiefly responsible for handling Dwight Freeney. It's one of the most unbelievable teaching tapes on how not to play offensive line you'll ever see in your life. I mean, just torched every single play over and over and over. So those two guys, I still wake up in a cold sweat thinking that they might have to block from Holmes one day. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And that you actually one of one of the guys on my list is Damian McIntosh, yeah. who who of course we lovingly refer to on the site as Damian Sackintosh. Just that guy, not good. It was bad. It was bad times. Number two for me is another tackle, Donald Stevenson. Oh, I forgot about that. He's fighting his coach in the sideline. Yeah, oh, good times. God. Terrible. God, Terrible they time. suck. They suck. So any <laughs> Chiefs fan who went through all that crap and is enjoying it now, I don't want to hear from one person on Twitter and like, oh, you know, you're so lucky. Yeah, you live through Brody Croyle, buddy. Yeah. You enjoy that. We're getting some good ones in the chat. Greg Hill, Orlando Skandrick, Brody Croyle. Orlando Skandrick, another <laughs> classic, yeah. Uh, Thomas Jones, yeah, but only well, like, Thomas Jones towards the end was was bad, but he was scary just because you knew that he was keeping Jamal Charles on the sideline, and you were like, but yeah, um, Dan, uh, twenty twenty one Dan Sorensen, number one for me, Frankie Hammond Jr. Man, that guy. You do dropped. know how I feel about him. So. Every punt, <laughs> every punt. He was it. It was it was uh, when you t- when I think about. Chiefs player and scared, like me being oh, scared that they're oh, on the oh. field. Anytime the ball was in the air, I was just like, just, just let it bounce. I don't care if it rolls to the one yard line. Don't try to catch it. Yeah. Uh, he was terrible. Honorable mention to Sammy Parker, who couldn't catch a cold. You know what was amazing, though, about Sammy Parker? Sammy Parker, if the ball was thrown at him and he was wide open, no chance. No chance. If Sammy Parker was diving out of bounds, just gold right yeah. in the hands. Like, just, you know, now they – I mean, there's a lot of guys. Like, shout out to Stanford Route, who they oh. signed, and the man didn't make it out of preseason. Yeah. I mean, God, there's so many, man. Like, Brody Croyle, I didn't even mention. He was in the chat, like, definitely. I love that somebody put Bob Sutton in there. That's Sutton, I was thinking about using Bob, yeah. Um, uh, Mike Vrabel, the corpse of Mike Vrabel at that point in time. Mr. But, Intangibles. Yeah, he brought all yeah, the intangibles. Yeah, he was clearly there just for that. But, like, they have so many. Like, Mike Goff, who came over from the Chargers, was a guard. Oh, he was terrible. Remember, remember when the Chiefs got, like, the whole Dolphins cast off offensive line? <laughs> Dude, they suck, man. So they bad. suck. Yeah. Some people are saying Neiman. Yeah, Neiman belongs. In, in his, he belongs there. But, dude, there's so – there are so many guys over the course of time. Like even like when I was in the nineties, when they were good, they would have guys. You're like, oh my god, like how is this guy in the field? Like just 
I mean, mostly the quarterback, Steve Bono, you know, but like yeah. they would just have guys who you're like, I don't understand how this guy's on an NFL roster. And he'd play for them for like five years. Uh, yeah. you know, Snoop Minish. Oh, Snoop. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, Bad. Demarcus oh, Robinson. Yeah. Jesus says Demarcus Robinson running with the ball one handed. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the loaf of bread guys. I always, you know, Sean McCoy. McCoy I always yeah. appreciated that Demarcus Robinson. Look, nobody in NFL history has ever had more first downs lost by running backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Man's got to have 50 of them. Yeah. Which is, hey, it's third and 11. Demarcus runs like a 14 yard route and it ends up being fourth and seven. Yeah. Like, what do you, my God, just fall over. But no, yeah. man, there have been, there have been so many guys over the years that you're like, this guy just can't, like, he can't play like at all. And the Chiefs were just, hey, you know what, Ryan Sims, another year. Sure, what the hell? Go for it. Like, yeah. oh, just, just brutal. Kendrell Bell, and they brought him in. Big money signing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. Did um, they had that one offseason? They signed like him, Dexter McLeon, and Vonnie Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and Carl was like, it's fixed. Fixed it. And they were the worst defense in the league. Oh, they were brutal. Yeah. They were the only saving grace of those defenses for some of those. Jared Allen and Jerome Woods is like pretty good safety. And the rest of that team, woof. Oh, my God. Somebody said Philip Gaines. Yes. That is, uh, yes. That is, that is a good one. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, so many we could we could spend the rest of October naming that it's it not. Is, is kind of a it's like exercising your demons. Oh yeah, god, like like William Barty. Jesus oh. criminy. William Barty tank and Turk on the D-line. Yeah, that didn't work out. Carl would just get he was like getting the in the graveyard digging up corpses, getting guys from the 60s, 70s. He just had an unbelievable ability to bring in the most random guy who is the worst player you've ever seen. You'd be yeah. like well, let's just bring in this guy off the waiver wire. And you'd be like, all right, he's not going to be good. But what? I, and then you'd be like, oh my God, he's the worst player I've ever seen in that position. Like, how? I remember the Kansas City Star. They used to grade, I don't know, they didn't even still do it, but they, they used to grade like every position group and every player at the end of the season. And Jason Whitlock, who used to work there, who, listen, I mean, it is what it is, but at the time he was there, he gave Frankie Hammond Jr. like an F minus. And I was like, you know what? Jason Whitlock and I, I don't always see eye to eye on things, but. I'm on board with with the F minus. I, I yes, absolutely. Yeah, we got a couple of Marcus Coopers, Jackie Bow. I like Jackie Bow. He gets you three yards. Marcus Cooper was so disappointing because he was so good at the beginning of his career. Yeah, like, he was incredible. Yeah, and then it, and it just immediately just went to crap. But yeah, they. I mean, I, I'll give. Oh, who's the? Oh, guy just thought of another safety. I can like picture him. Oh God, I can't even. Quentin Demps. Oh yeah. Him and Kendrick Lewis. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Good okay. times. Yeah, I thought Kendrick Lewis was was the answer there for a minute. Um, he was good for like an hour. Yeah, and just, just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, we got to get out of here. Big game on Sunday. We will see you back here on the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel uh, for uh, Chiefs Charges, well, the pregame show, halftime show, and of course, we'll be here after the game and the Chiefs have. Uh, and we can raise that AFC West banner, hopefully. Thank you yeah. to Matt Verram from Sports Illustrated for, for joining us. Make sure you ch- head on over to SI.com. Check out all of his work over there. Thank you to producer Richard for getting us on an early start today. And uh, we will see you guys on Sunday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. <laughs>